Instead, what I got was this completely heartbroken woman that I love. And I will never forget when you looked at me and you said, you're breaking my heart. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, all of the stories that I had told myself, that the, all the thoughts in my mind that had, like the universe wanted me to leave you and go with yeah. this other person, they went away and I could see everything for the reality that it was. Welcome to the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast, where we show how we created a powerful and successful marriage after military service. Now, your hosts, AJ and Jessica Richards. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number nine of the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast. We realize we missed a week for those who are regular followers, and uh, we have some good reasons. Jessica and I were both sick over the last couple of weeks, yep. <laughs> and nobody wants to be sniveling and coughing on a podcast. And so. I can't promise there's not going to be coughing. Yeah. Jessica kind of had a rebound of it, so she's trying to get over it again. But anyway, so we're actually coming to you from our new studio, namely the closet, um, which actually sounds like it's doing really good. It's way better. We picked this idea up from a couple of other podcasters when they first got started and before they had all the fancy equipment. So that's where we're at. So we're going to try to do this from the closet here where uh, it's a little bit more noise canceling. Less echoey than the office. Yep. Although my stomach is growling and gurgling, so we just did a test to see if you could actually hear something as quiet as my stomach. If we stop talking and my stomach is gurgling or growling, you'll hear it. That not hungry. Yeah, I'm not hungry. Just, you know, making some noise. So. Saying quit eating all that crap. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so we want to talk to you guys or share, I guess, with you some more of our past to kind of let you know where we've come from, how far down the road of what could have been or what did certainly feel like at the time, possibly no return. And, you know, bring it back around as as we've committed to you guys in the beginning is we're bringing complete humility and... uh, transparency as we know it so that we can hopefully make an impact and that does mean in some time that does mean that sometimes we're not going to be worried about ourselves looking good yeah, i was going to say this isn't for um worry about we don't want to worry about judgment or shame or not shaming or judging anybody because um that's not what the story is about it's about how we overcame um, the struggles that we've been through. Yeah, and so Jessica and I are totally complete with everything that we're going to be sharing with you guys. Um, so it uh, doesn't really have weight on our relationship anymore. It certainly did. We had to get to this point. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't carry any weight for us anymore. However, sharing will certainly... Uh, give you guys maybe some insight into how we're just like everybody else we've gone through a lot and we were willing to continue to fight and work for our relationship um 
in this climate, it is so easy to quit and give up. And we were right there where we could have easily taken that option. But we just, we still wanted to fight for what we had. So uh, anyway, so what we're going to talk about is actually where I started chasing or or pursuing another woman um, and kind of why that was and how I know it to be now. Certainly since then, I've done a lot of uh, self-analysis, um, you know, introspection and a lot of conversations and stuff with Jessica. And um, I'll tell you, one of the greatest help helps for me was to read the book, His Needs, Her Needs, because there was a point where I was even having a hard time forgiving myself once I recognized the impact, obviously, that it had on my family, but even just me, because I don't, I don't know me as somebody that can be so dishonest and lack that, you know, lack integrity. And so I was struggling with how could I, how could, how could I do that? Um, you know, almost a, almost a why me? Not that I was, I was a victim only of my own mind, not a victim, but I let my thoughts control my reality. And that's what it comes down to. My thoughts is what letting my thoughts have control of me rather than me understanding that I'm not my thoughts. I started pursuing those. So, um, you know, we own a gym and, uh, gym, the gym lends itself to the possibility, I guess, if you're not careful and not happy in a relationship to put you in a position where you have an opportunity to create relationships with somebody else. And quite often somebody of the opposite sex, even when there's no thought or need or concern or pursuit of anything else. Excuse my, uh, the, the notifications here. Uh, I don't know how to turn those off, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so, you know, we're, we, Jessica and I, when we got married, we have struggled and we've shared this a little bit in other podcasts, but we've struggled with, uh, intimacy in our relationship from the beginning. I mean, literally day one, when friends of mine would share about, you know, joke or talk, not necessarily, not necessarily joke, but just when you have friends and they talk about, different things in their marriages well friends would share not details but talk about the honeymoon phase of their marriages you know when they first got married and you know everybody's having sex like rabbits Mm -hmm. we didn't have that Mm -mm. we had no sex life even right from the beginning And, and by no i don't mean it didn't happen but it was very rare it was few and far between it was always a lot of negative energy built up around it there was a lot of fighting over uh, sex and as pathetic as I'll feel sharing it I felt like I mean imagine this I'm a grown man I'm a newlywed man I'm laying in bed next to my wife who I think is absolutely gorgeous and I'm almost terrified to even try and become intimate with her because I had been shut down so much so often and this isn't obviously not making her wrong we just didn't know how to connect on this level but it was constant no's to the point where I stopped asking even at one point um, so it it uh, it's always been a st- sticky subject for us for you know the majority of our time together um so, no, I wasn't happy. I uh, went on to deployment 2003, had an opportunity to hook up with 
other people there. And only by the grace of God did that never happen. Um, I came home on a, on a visit one time and, um, I had these expectations that, you know, we're, I'm gone from my wife. I've been on deployment. I'm going to go home and we're going to have sex all the time day or night. Doesn't matter. We're making up for lost time. And I went home and that certainly didn't happen because neither of us knew how to communicate expectations. We had expectations. Some of them were unrealistic, but just expectations or thoughts that were never actually communicated. So I would go home and, or I went home and nothing happened. So I went back on my deployment furious that I didn't have the relationship that I thought I deserved, I guess. Uh, and yet never cheated on my wife. I had plenty of opportunities. We were going to clubs and things like that. And there were certainly women around that, that, um, I could have possibly, um, but I just never did. So I never saw myself as that person, no matter how shitty I felt, right? The last thing I, I mean, really it's the fear of God. You know, the adultery is something that scared the hell out of me. So it, that kind of is what kept me from going so far down the road of <laughs> no return. Anything you want to add to this while you're just silently listening? No, <laughs> just listening because there's two sides to every story. So, uh, Anyway, so I go on deployment, not happy, go back to deployment, not happy, just I'm feeling like literally like this is just going to be the, my life because also the fear was divorce as well. Like that's a failure I didn't want. And we didn't even have uh, any children at that time, mm. but I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I, obviously I loved, I love you and I lo loved you. So I didn't want to just give up. And there's a lot of times in the beginning where I was just like, man, is this what it's going to be like the rest of my life? Is this what I want? <clears throat> yeah, there was just you had expectations and I didn't know about them. Yeah, right. But of so, course, you know, I have expectations and you weren't meeting those expectations either. So for you to think that everything's going to be dandy and we're going to be having sex like that is kind of naive, too. Yeah, totally. So that we, we weren't... We both were <laughs> naive and just didn't know what we were getting in, ourselves into. Yeah, and we weren't doing, we weren't doing or answering anything mm -hmm. for each other. Mm -hmm. I will say that when we were dating, I felt like we were more... <clears throat> in, in yeah. the, I felt like we were more sexually active before we got married than when we got married. And it could be because we weren't supposed to be, so any amount of sexual activity felt like a lot because yeah. we both grew up in a, in a, you know, with the mindset that you save that for marriage. And so we were already walking the edge yeah. with what we were doing. So I always, you know, would think, man, I used to get lucky more before we were married than when we were. And so that would just, that was my, again, those were my thoughts adding fuel to the fire. These yeah. stories that I would continually run in my mind. And if you think about it, as crazy it is as it is, but for 14 years, or I mean, just for a long time, every night that something wouldn't go the way I thought, it was more evidence collected for why we were never going to be on the same page um, that way. Yeah. So basically, you resented me our whole marriage. Oh yeah, I resented <clears throat> when it came to yeah when it came to our our sexual energy, our connection. 
it, I certainly would say that I resented you for our entire marriage. Yeah, but and, I, I could say the same about yeah financially and feeling like right. I'm the sole provider of the family when I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, the thing is we resented each other, and there's no way you can build a relationship <laughs> off that. So no wonder why it's gone the way it's gone for so long. Right, and that's why we share with people that somebody's going to have to take that step yeah if you if you're hanging in there but you're you're resenting them they're probably resenting you Mm -hmm. somebody has to take the first step because um that's that's just what's going on you know like jessica's saying and on her role of on my role of that um she has taken care of me financially from the beginning Mm -hmm. um I've always picked up the pieces. Yeah. She's always picked <laughs> up the pieces financially. Hasn't gone right. Which is also why I struggled so much when um, the other woman happened because I you felt like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just was so. Like, you felt I'm like you were doing everything for me. And supporting right. you. And that's what I get for it. Yeah. And so what you didn't realize that is that none of that. I mean, all of that mattered, right? right? But what that's where we talk about yeah. the love languages. What yeah. we weren't doing was actually speaking yeah. each other's love language. Yeah. So it's like, you're telling me you love me in France, and I don't know what the hell you're saying. It sounds like, no, let's say, you're telling me you love me in German, but it sounds like you're trying to kill me. Yeah. Because German's not a very soft-sounding language. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. you're yelling at me like, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'm hearing, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm never going to, you know, you're never going to be good enough or whatever, right? So that's the importance of knowing the language that the other person needs to hear because had we known that in the beginning, we could have changed the way, our, our course, I mean, we what yeah. we know now is is simple. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't hear it then. Yeah. And so here we are, we're married, I'm going all of this time without any sexual intimacy. Jessica is going all this time thinking that she's and is picking up all the pieces with the lack of income because I'm, you know, I've, I've, I'm all over the place trying to find if I'm going to work for my life, I'm going to do something that is that when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to have a fulfilled life. Right. That's just how I've always believed. I can't go sit at a desk and rot away just to make ends meet. Because I can make ends meet in the middle of nowhere, hunting and gathering, and have a fulfilled life. That's just how my brain works. And so because of that, Jessica's had to be real patient and and pick up those pieces. So we just weren't connecting. So we get to 2000 and... I don't even know if I could remember the exact timeline, but 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. Um, maybe even 15... Yeah, maybe even 15. Started training this person in our gym. Started creating a relationship there. Like, it, it literally had no... Val- there was no... There was no preconceived plan. Like, I wasn't trying to do anything. I just had this gym, and somebody wanted coaching, and I like to help. And But I could see the writing on the wall. Yeah, I think uh, that's not entirely impossible especially because if you knew that i was unfulfilled and then here's this other person and we're spending more and more time together it's only a matter of time and you have intuition i didn't know that you were feeling unfulfilled that's the thing it was blindsided by i was blindsided because i thought we were fine but i also didn't know you were unfulfilled I just, I was looking back. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, looking I didn't back, know. Can you see I that? just, 
I just knew you were spending a lot of time alone at the gym with a woman, and right. I didn't think that was something like that's always bound to have. Yeah, that's never a good idea. Yes. <laughs> no, even I would say even if you're th- if things are going great in your yeah. relationship, that's probably it's not just, a great idea. Yeah, it's just asking for trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I know a lot of married couples, some of our friends, they say they just they're never in another room with yep. the opposite sex with the door closed or for any reason and I totally understand that and um I kind of thought we had that understanding, but, you know, things just happen, and I get yeah. it, and I have to hold myself accountable, too, because you weren't getting what you needed. So, so I'm, not, I'm not putting it all on you, but I also don't want to make excuses for you because it was wrong. Yeah, sure. And can you, when you look back, can you see now how I was unfulfilled, or do you still think that um, you don't see it? No, I, I, I see it. I think that um, you, we should have had more conversations about it rather than I mean because even still that I, I remember it, and it's such a long story because you asked me for a divorce mm-hmm. it was like two days after our after you got the hospital with rhabdo mm-hmm. the day after our yeah. Christmas party I remember it like it was yesterday mm-hmm. and it was out of nowhere yeah I thought we were fine not like happy perfect everything's perfect but I was so blindsided I my world came crashing down and I wasn't prepared for it and I was devastated and I was heartbroken and I remember begging you not to leave yeah and and I didn't know why still I didn't know that there was somebody else involved right I only knew that you wanted a divorce and that you weren't fulfilled that's the night when I realized when you told that day mm-hmm. when you told me that and that's when um, shit hit the fan and I and still you were honest no you just told me you wanted a divorce yeah I was definitely and it was out of you know for your own benefit what part the divorce oh I yeah I just didn't know it at the time yeah so I mean, you had an ex- your excuse was no sex blah 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 but it was really because of this other person I just didn't, you didn't tell me that. You didn't disclose that. No, I didn't. And Which I'm glad you didn't because I think I would have just thrown in the towel. Yeah. If I knew there was someone else involved. So So when it happened, when I told, when I asked, so yeah, let me give some context from my. Like I said, there's two sides yeah. to every story. That's why I'm like, well, this might be a couple part podcast because it's such a, it was such a long story, but it's also our story mm-hmm. and it's made us who we are and, um, it made us stronger for sure, but it was really, really rough for both of us. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> when I asked you for the divorce, I did want it mm-hmm. because of the lack of, like, so but one of my ha- but biggest. It's because you had somebody yeah, that you yeah, yeah. wanted to. Have I was a thinking that it was going to, yeah, yeah. Well, like they say, I was thinking the grass was going to be greener yes, on the other side, yes, right? Absolutely. And so I, and so that's really what. One of the biggest things I learned in that is about the power the mind has, your thoughts have over you, if you let them. Because I was convinced that you, I had been collecting evidence Mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when I sat you down and said, I want a divorce, I was fully convinced that you were going to say, great, me too. Yeah, I know. Because in my head, I'd created this story that, I mean... Things were not good. Things were bad. I don't. I don't know. 
well, maybe again, that might be in my in my thought process, but I just felt like we had zero connection. The only time we really talked is felt like we were arguing because finances weren't good. The gym wasn't doing good. We weren't having sex. We weren't. I mean, we had no life together. We weren't creating any possible future like we are with going on the road full time. Right. Like we were just literally roommates. That's what it was like. And, and we were carrying this burden. That's what I so that was the world I was living in. And yeah. so that was the story that I was continuing to tell myself in my head. And then here's this other person that's this way out that was, I mean, it was, it's crazy. I literally thought that when I sat you down, you were going to say, good, me too. And that, and I will never forget when you looked at me and you said, you're breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, all of the stories that I had told myself, that the, all the thoughts in my mind that had, like the universe wanted me to leave you and go with yeah. this other person, they went away. Like how fake I had been living and how you weren't, <laughs> you weren't okay with that. You weren't wanting to give up or you didn't know that things were that bad. Mm-hmm. And I just had that ultimate clarity and I went oh shit what have I done I couldn't believe it and so I uh and by the way we had a friend come and get our kids out of the house because I mean I had had it all planned yeah and I didn't know (laughs) yeah she had no idea so it was bad so anyway um I drove away for a little bit I don't remember why or what I said I drove away and I pulled into a parking lot and I uh, I said a prayer and I I was lost. You called her dad. Yep. And I was lost. I had spent so much time convincing myself that that was the right way to go that when all of a sudden I realized how wrong I was, I just, I didn't know what to do. And, And now there's the fear also that there's this other relationship, this person, and how do I clean that up? Yeah. You know, so I just, uh, man, it was even now just talking about is stressful I'm so glad it's over because I've told people I'd rather spend the rest of my life in a combat zone I can handle that but but betraying you and and knowing I betrayed you and that I just couldn't I would never do that again I could never do that again so prayed about it and of course I got the the answer from God that would have been there had I made that my go-to in the first place or whatever and so I got it the first time what? When you when when you said you prayed about it in basic training and yeah. I had yeah. that was your turn. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, so I I mean I was I was convinced that it was you know God doesn't want me to live life unhappy so even He's going to be for this and and uh, we were doing it ethically because we didn't we didn't even me and this other person never even hugged we never even kissed we, there was zero yeah, physical relationship yeah. whatsoever it was, emotional. You guys it was were just yeah confiding each other and that and that's what it came down to we started yeah. in the confiding that's how it started started yeah. in confiding well, and she wasn't happy and you yeah. were unhappy and you found yep something to connect with yeah and and in my head that it was every everybody that would know me would be for it because I was living in a relationship that had zero intimacy like I always wanted a girlfriend or a wife that was cuddly that was clingy and 
That's I not you. I was never clingy, though. I know. You I, were the clingy one. I, exactly. So in my head, I thought that's what, what what was up, right? And so then we get married and more comfortable with each other, and we don't even share the... We've been married for 15 years. We don't share blankets. No. Like, to me, I always thought we would have a bed that we would make together and sleep under the same blankets. And yes, I'm, I'm certainly the stereotypical what people would call the chick in the relationship. Like, that's the... That's the physical touch that I was looking for, and it's not what we got in our relationship. So I've been struggling with that forever, forever. And so that's all what kind of led me to that. And and here I am in a conversation, just talk with somebody else that uh, we're confiding in, and I'm thinking, that okay, she's, she's going to provide what I need. I can provide what she needs. And so, of course, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Obviously, it wasn't. Again, grass always looks greener on the yeah, other side. So, totally. And you guys are so much alike. Yeah, so much alike, which, you know. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything, it, good or bad. Yeah. The fact is, had, you know, look, if it would have gone that way, if you would have said what you said, and then I would have pushed it anyway, that relationship would have never worked out. No, because it was, it was out, of integrity. out of integrity. Yeah. yeah. No relationship. They get started out of integrity last. And if yeah. it does, it takes a lot of work to to restore that, really. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I didn't clean up, fully clean up what had happened until June of that year. It was, yeah, it was that like next almost year. a whole entire year later. It was like nine. Not a, not a whole year, because I went to another landmark program. I know. And but that was... It was December? Yeah, it was December, and it was June that I was in Denver. Are you sure? I was thinking mm-hmm. it was August. Mm, it could have. Maybe it was August. Anyway, it sometime around but summer. But the thing is, I, I still had my suspicions. I was still super anxious, and I had major anxiety every time I was at work, and he was at the gym. I just, I just knew, definitely intuition, and because of the problems they were having. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember... She'd asked her husband for a divorce the same freaking weekend, and then when I found out, I came to you and I was like, "Okay, um, is this why? Like, is this why you asked me for a divorce? Like, I was started oh, yeah. putting two I and two together, that. and you were like, "No, no, I totally denied. Yeah, it. I totally denied I it. So I was like, that. "Okay, yeah, okay, it's not. But then just little things here and there, I'm just like, "Okay, this doesn't make sense." And we fought so much about it. Yeah. So then, which is why we just. Which is why you finally had to say something because we weren't getting along and it's because there was no integrity there. Right. And because I was super insecure and I just kept feeling like there was something there and you would deny it and it would create fights. And finally, in Landmark, your mm-hmm. coach said, look, you need to be, you need to come clean. There's nothing, there's no integrity. Your relationship's never going to work. You're making her wrong for yeah. something that I didn't even know about. I mean, I had suspicions, but, you know, you never, you would just make me wrong for it and so it was just yeah it was a bad situation yeah i remember that uh, you like shortly after that conversation probably maybe like a week after when things kind of settled it was all it was a facade right that it was like when i say settle it was like we had this huge traumatic experience on our Mm -hmm. relationship with me telling her i want a divorce and then me saying okay fine we'll work it out but not clearing up what was going on so there was kind of like this it was like this icky walking on eggshell like time in our house but at the same time jessica really took on like okay 
um, I'm going to give you what you need. Mm -hmm. And she became very sexually engaged. Mm -hmm. And I also could feel like this isn't right. Like I knew that wasn't you. And I knew that you were faking it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't faking it. I was trying really hard. Yeah, and I was kind of like in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, let's see how long this lasts. Yeah, so then yeah. the whole time I felt like I was being rejected. And so yeah. I'm like, why am I trying so hard for somebody yep. that doesn't want me or isn't treating me the way I should be treated? Yeah. Because you weren't. Yeah, and so what was going on in my head during that time was... You're feeling guilty. Guilty, feeling guilty, and... um, I knew that if our marriage was going to become whole uh i would have to restore integrity now when i say i knew that i didn't i hadn't i didn't know that with certainty but i just had that feeling like she still doesn't know she still doesn't know and so then part of me started becoming well not part of me who i became was somebody that was like okay well i really don't want to clean that up like that's scary to have to have that conversation yeah because he already, already broke hurt. my heart yeah. once I already he didn't want to break my heart again nope. and that was going to break my heart yeah so I didn't want to do it again so of course the logical thing to do is to make things so shitty with me that she'll leave me <laughs> like that's the thought process like you di- I can see how people start digging themselves into a deeper and deeper hole rather than just restoring that integrity in the beginning and then taking what there is to take from it and then moving on right because i just i just became like i wasn't there for her we were almost stuck because we had this conversation okay we're not going to but okay i don't want to tell her why i didn't why i wanted a divorce so i'm just going to become a super asshole so that she leaves me and then i never have to talk about it and and by that time that wasn't because I was trying to do anything with this other person at all. Like that was that was over. Yeah, it was the over moment I drove away yeah. and had the prayer and and then I called that I called her and I said, "Look, this is not right. We I should have never done this to my wife. We're done. Nothing ever from that point on. There was nothing about that person ever for me ever. But I didn't restore integrity fully with my wife. It was this cancer that was in our relationship that she didn't have. I didn't fully tell her she had these suspicions but i didn't come clean with and so there we are so that that's where we're at and so for the next months all the way until like she said about august we just wouldn't we just it was just on again it was rocky 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 yeah and then i went to a a self-development program and part of my guilt with all of this is i'd already been in this self-development program and felt like I knew better. I mean, I did know better on a certain... I did know better. And, damn, sex energy is so powerful. Like, you just... If you're if you're a scripture-reading person, or if you're a philosophy-reading person, or if you read history, you'll read about how a man chasing tail will destroy everything mm-hmm. if they don't have control over that. Sex will destroy countries, relationships. I mean, it is unbelievable to, to, to um, the more I put into nowadays understanding the way the mind works and how much control different things have around us. You know, Napoleon Hill said that sex energy is the most powerful energy on the planet. And if it's not controlled, you'll never get 
out of life what you could get and and it's just so crazy to to be to use myself as that test subject to look back on my own life and just see how right that is mm-hmm. because it's controlled your whole life yeah and that's I would, why we my whole had life. so many problems and then I'm not saying you're wrong for it I'm well and it probably should be noted that you know when I was eight years old I was I guess the word sexually molested yeah. by babysitters um multiple babysitters and I say I still struggle with seeing that as a bad thing as silly as that sounds as bad as that sounds I was eight of course it's sexual molestation but um so you know my life in the world of sex started very young and um I got exposed to all kinds of things at a very young age that um kind of started shaping that and so how that really ties into all of this I don't know. I just know that there's a part to it. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so where I struggled with myself, just being so disgusted with myself is some of these things that I already started learning, I knew they made an impact on me where I knew that was like integrity and all all these things were real. Like I, I, I couldn't believe that knowing what I knew, I would still fail like that. And so anyway, I'm in this, I'm in another course. Um, and the subject is on day one weekend one is without integrity nothing works and as soon as we started class and they started like this is our topic it came up because it was still there i'd never cleaned it up Mm -hmm. and i was like oh shit (laughs) like this is gonna be rough and there was one of the breaks that we'd been, you know, lectured for a while and discussion for a while about the topic of integrity. And if you don't restore integrity in every, uh, every area of your life, you will always have this internal dialogue that's basically calling you a liar until you clean it up. So I asked the, the lecturer, not the lecturer, the teacher, really, the coach. And I said, hey, here's 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 my story. I don't know what to do. And. Uh, they said, well, and what's great about them is they don't add. They mm-hmm. said, it's just what's so you yeah. screwed up. You got to fix it. Everything else is just a story. So what are you going to do? And I said, I guess I'll talk to her when I get home. And they're like, why? Why are you waiting to get home? Sounds like you're avoiding it because that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and who wants to have that news over the phone? Right. And yeah. and because they come from a space of, look, it's just it's just what there is to do. And you're not going to be in a place to to grow at all with anything we're sharing, which everything they shared that week and I needed to hear. And I wouldn't have heard it had I been blocked by it. And so I said, you just need to go call her. So I did. I called I called Jessica that night and I said, I got to tell you something. You know how everything went. Basically, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because it'll be a long, a long, long podcast. Mm-hmm. But I just said, I've you been right. You're right. I've been chasing somebody else. And that's why I wanted the divorce. It's not going on anymore. But that's what happened. Well, I knew, and I knew it wasn't. Right. But it just, you just validated my feelings. Right. And I, there was so many things that I felt. I was so hurt and obviously heartbroken, for one, because that happened, and two, because you made me so wrong for it when mm-hmm. I had that suspicion all along. So it was just, like, so devastating. Yeah. Um, thankfully, you guys never... There was no physical because I would have, um, I wouldn't have stuck around. Right. But I think because there wasn't, I knew we could fix it. 
but it it took it took a long time for me not a long time but it took a while like I was I would have moments where I was totally okay and then I would fall apart yeah and I think for the listeners we have so many of you guys listening Jessica and I have always been in agreement that the one thing that's unforgivable for us is to actually have sex with somebody else um, well, I can't say we can't say that's the only thing. Like, there's a well, lot of things. Intimacy. Like, but yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah, that's definitely a deal breaker for me. And I'm sure for you. Don't be don't say I'm sure it is. Okay. <laughs> but that's but well, the reason I'm bringing that up is because we know some listeners, they've gone through stuff like this and it has gotten physical and they were still able to find yes, the strength. So that's, that's to each their own. But for us, we've always been there's in women agreement who say they could handle cheating but they couldn't handle they could handle the, the sex but not the emotional yes. right so it just depends on the person that's and for right me um physical is was definitely more of something that i wouldn't have been able to get over well and me either and i think that uh, again for the listeners jessica and i have never had sex with anybody else except each other which is probably why it means more yeah, to us it means a lot more so yeah it's it's uh the fact that i know that that's something that you and i share that that um is sacred, I yeah. guess, to to the two of us. Then, then I then I agree. And and if that had happened, I wouldn't have blamed. I, I mean, I don't blame you for anything anyway. But I would have been like, yeah, totally. I wouldn't stick with you either. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so that um, that was a lot for us. Um, you know, it's uh, it was probably like a two year process. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, just between when it started and then mm-hmm. when I found out about it and then when I was finally um, okay with it, complete which with it. I, yeah, which I tried to be complete with it several times. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even that night, I like I I think I'm just a very forgiving person and and I I just think I all took it very well the night you told me but then it would come up in my life later here and there just because it was just well it's still the healing process yeah exactly there was a lot of healing and growing and stuff that I needed to do myself and I talked with her and probably like that week Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted her to know that I knew and and you you've talked to her several times and 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 a matter of fact uh her and her husband are doing great. Um, yes. They've gone through their own healing process, mm-hmm. and they're doing great together. And we've all actually, since all of that went down, we've actually spent time together, not necessarily as co-couples, but they trained at our gym for a while. And, um, you know, things are as complete as they can be where trust was broken. But, yes. but um, so, you know, that's, I think to me, that's one of the most powerful things of all this that I've noticed is that even with that much um, uh, hurting somebody that much or people getting in so much crap through conversation like you being willing to go direct to her and say I know this right and have that conversation directly to her Mm -hmm. even though it didn't fix everything Mm -hmm. it still closed some of the gap or the wound that it's like people are people and things happen and whatever, just, you know, that kind of deal. And it doesn't, you know, we see people in relationships all the time that they let, they let a relationship like that ruin their entire life or the places they go. 
and it doesn't have to if real conversation and healing can happen. It doesn't mean, okay, cool, totally forgiven, going back to normal. That doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. But it does mean that it doesn't have to be as traumatic, I think, as sometimes we see on TV shows. Yeah. It's the victim mentality. Right. You can be a victim or you can move on. Right. And I definitely was a victim for a while. Yeah. Um, I struggled. Like, I think I had a power struggle. I struggled sometimes with feeling bad and being upset. And then also, um, and it really, like, I, for me, it wasn't <clears throat> necessarily you. It was her. I think that I had, was more angry about mm. So I was able to forgive you. Yeah. But but I struggled for a very, very long time with her. Yeah. And I think it's because we had kids and um, married for so long and they didn't have kids and there wasn't as much to lose on their side than there was on ours. Mm. So I just... Interesting. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. So that's... Uh, that's the backstory. Um, I'm sure that we'll go into details as we talk about specific topics that these might this backstory might relate to. But we really just wanted to give you guys that insight so that you can um, kind of know us a little bit more and the struggles we've gone through. Because we've mentioned it a couple of times on yeah. the podcast, but I knew it was going to be a longer conversation. So, um, and you know, we're just trying to share what we've been through, what we've overcome. Of course, not everybody's had the same struggles or been through the same thing but we just you know hope people can relate or can help somebody out there avoid <laughs> some of the crap we've been through <laughs> yeah yeah seriously and i think that um you know really kind of to go over in a brief everything that you might be able to take away from this is that the for me where it fell apart was allowing my thoughts to take control and living into that, like my reality and not having those conversations with, with Jessica. Now I will say that it would have taken counseling mm -hmm. to, to have that work. Yeah. Knowing, knowing us and looking back on our past, these aren't conversations that we could have handled on our own. No. Um, because mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known how to articulate the need for sex and she wouldn't have heard it as a legitimate need because yeah. we've had those conversations before and it's actually been thrown back in my face. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like <clears throat> I just wasn't having sex. It was like sex was how um, I almost felt like, how dare I ask many times, you know, it was, this, I, it was it, walking on eggshells. But I felt the same way about asking yeah. you to help out with sure. everything I was dealing with. Totally. You felt, you in my mind, like, yeah. that's where I was at. And so yeah. that's what controlled the way I was living. And so yeah. the way I was living was that you were living. In it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Things are never yeah. going to work. I've told Jessica before. One of my greatest fears yeah. is that I'm going to be 80 and look back on my life as a youth where I could have been sexually active with my spouse in my youth, in our prime, and not have had the opportunity to enjoy that part of life. Yeah, which is... It's a big part of life. And so yeah. to think that... And she thinks that's silly. I do think it's silly, but... but again, I know some of you are listening like, going, yep, that's yeah, exactly... Yeah, no, because one of my friends said the same thing. So that's why I was like, okay, so it's not... And her friend was a female, yes, by the way. So it's is, not just dudes. I was just like, oh my gosh, AJ says the same thing. And I think it's so odd. But, you know, that story you told about your friend who... Um, his 
he's like, why would I do the white dishes for my wife? I could just hire somebody. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to him because that's not his need. That's why, yep. for me, it doesn't make sense. It just seems silly. But again, then just all, hire somebody to have foreplay with you with your spouse. Then, if that's yeah, the, the other, just, the, you, you don't. <laughs> and like we said in the beginning, it's your. She was trying to tell me she loved me. In a language that I didn't speak. Yeah. She was trying to speak love to me in a language that didn't exist for me. So that was the breakdown. So that's kind of to kind of bring it around again. You have to learn to control your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You're most likely going to need somebody to counsel you to get through those areas, especially if you're just getting started. Jessica and I are in a position where we can actually speak to each other in a way a lot more clearly Mm -hmm. so that, um, we haven't had to have a counselor. I think that a counselor would be awesome for us we just for some accountability. Sh- yeah. We but, should have a um, long time ago. A long time ago, yeah. And fortunately, we made it through. I guess, you know, really, I guess Landmark and the coaches there were kind of my counselors. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a position where you're listening to this and you're like, man, that sounds like a lot like us. If you're not seeking counseling, do it. Um, you know, that's you're just you're not going to be able to get through it on your own. And if you are trying, and let me just say this, had I know, had I known I could have taken advantage of that a long time ago, um, we should have. Yeah. We tried to go to somebody once and it was very bad advice and I just never felt like we would find anybody that could actually, I've actually gone to a couple people. Remember that guy that was cradling me like a baby? Yeah. That was not cool. I don't like that at all. I don't think that helped a bit. No, it this didn't. guy was super famous. He wrote a book. Everybody seems to know him. We went on a as a recommendation from somebody who we really appreciate and care about, but was not effective. So I, the couple of times I had tried counseling was weird. <laughs> Either telling telling us to watch porn together, and we're both you know medically. You know, I had PTSD. She was depressed. That wasn't right. Then somebody else who said, oh, you just weren't held enough as a baby and was trying to cuddle me as a grown-ass man. Yeah, like sitting with, in his lap. Sitting in his lap with other future therapists sitting there taking yeah. <laughs> notes. And, but the thing so, is, some people that relates to, so it's just finding the right person. But also, I don't, if it's not therapist, life coaching. Life coaching is phenomenal. Yes. Life, the thing is, is life coaching. Maybe a bigger impact. Yeah. And unfortunately, life coaching is getting a bad stigma because is, everybody should. thinks they're a life coach. And so it's kind of silly. But you, if you do the research and find the right, the right one. Yeah. Man, they can make a. It's like it's just like having a mentor. It's mm-hmm. like when you don't know where to go, you can go to that person and have them help you discover what you want to do. And the coolest thing about a life coach, the good ones, is they'll ask you questions, not so much tell you anything. They'll ask well, you questions until you uncover for yourself what makes a difference. Yeah, and therapists sometimes can just they'll just listen. Yeah. So I guess if anything can be taken from this, there's one thing for sure is that the Richards are tenacious. <laughs> yeah. we, we've tried a lot of different yeah. things. We've screwed up a lot of things yeah. and we're still fighting. And so yeah. we just, you know, like we said, we want to keep sharing with you guys. And before we go, I want to ask that if this has made an impact on you, that you share it with somebody else. And most importantly, what'll help us to be able to get more of this content out there is for you to actually write a review on iTunes. Um, the five stars are great. We appreciate those who've done that, but an actual written review helps us get in front of more people to help make a difference for them. We are certainly not doing this for ourselves. Um, Although I think it's been great for us. Oh, I've been enjoying yeah. doing this with you for yeah. sure. And uh, sure doing it for 
us and other people. I mean, to right. help other people. But I think it's been a great thing for us to just sit down and talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's certain. Yeah, I totally agree. But it would definitely help if you guys would leave us any sort of reviews and share it out so that we can keep it growing. And um, also shoot us some topics. If there's something that you're dealing with that you would uh, like some of our insight on, um, we're all for it. I'm a, definitely a fixer. <laughs> so uh, you'll give me a huge serotonin release if you send me a question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, You'll be so happy. I'll be so happy to help you out. So anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya.